Okay, guys, good evening. I don't know what's happening right now, um, but I'm glad you've joined me today on this podcast. I hope that we were able to share the Word of God in a, a relevant way, uh, which, by the way, God's Word is always relevant as long as we're willing to follow His provision and follow His guidance. Uh, it's never God's word that is the issue. It's always us and our willingness and our obedience to his word. Uh, we've got a couple things to look at tonight. And with the podcast, my hope is to be able to sit down and study God's word in a little, in, in, without a rush, without a hurry. Kind of sit down and read his word, kind of soak in his word a little bit. Um, tonight I'm not gonna, hopefully, maybe not, bounce around back and forth in too many scriptures. I'm gonna stay in one chapter and get the context of this chapter here of the writer of Hebrews and what he has to say of Christ and his sacrifice for us. Um, but first we're gonna look at the meaning of of the 13 folds of the flag and what that means since we are patriots here we understand that the united states of america was inspired by god and he is because of miracles because of the moving hand of god is the reason why we have this country it's a a city that is set on a hill and it's for a light in the dark world and we are being attacked from all sides and it is important as we as american citizens to those whom are it is important for us to be patriotic understanding that god is at the forefront this is a constitutional republic is how it's supposed to be and god is at the front and we the people are in charge of the the uh, operation under god one nation under god that's the way it should be. And I think uh, you may know, but I, I think there's very few people that actually know what the folds of the flag actually mean. Uh, we just commemorated the uh, the sacrifice of our armed forces and the sacrifice they made to keep us free. And we have Memorial Day to, to remember that. We're kind of somber on that day, understanding what the sacrifice they made. They had a family. They had hopes, they had dreams, but they understood if no one stood in the gap, our freedoms would be taken away. They first had to step up against tyranny, step up against a government that wanted to to relinquish us of our freedoms, of our property, of our life, our liberty, and our pursuit of happiness. And there was a government that wanted to step in the way and remove that from us. But those brave soldiers, men, and now brave women, have sacrificed their lives for our freedom that we have, that you and I enjoy today. It is important for us to recognize that and to not take it for granted. Because we have taken it for granted is why we're in the condition and the shape we're in. This is the land of the free and the home of the brave, but we have uh, 
been under a communist occupation for the past, for this present administration. Um, I actually refer to it as a regime instead of administration for a reason, because a coup took place and there is one that has been installed and not elected. But we trust God and he's put us in this place and time to carry out his will through us. We are the tools that take care and um, complete the work that God has called us to do. All right, so before we get into the podcast, let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. I thank you for giving I thank you for giving my voice back so I could do a podcast and you could understand what I'm saying now. Thankful for the, the, the help that you've given my family and my friends and church family. Thankful for the my neighbors, uh, co-workers, and the strength and the, the health you've given them. Thankful for the opportunity to represent you. I pray that I would be faithful in representing you and living for you teaching my family in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. I'm thankful to see my children excited to learn about you through VBS and to, to spend time with other kids. And I hope that they are a good example for them on how to be respectful and reverent and to the teachers and to others around them and to the word of God. Thankful for that. Pray that you bless the podcast, help it to help us to honor and glorify you in what we say, give me the clear thoughts and clear speech to present your word according to your will. I give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I tried to load the reveal and I couldn't reveal or the taps, so I'll try to play that in the next podcast, but I couldn't get it to download. Um. Uh, so I'm going to read the definition of the 13 folds of the flag. <coughs> Not many people know this, but I was reminded of it on Memorial Day. Uh, we went to uh, Grifton Free Will Baptist Church, and someone read the folds, the 13 folds of the flag. And... I think in our present world, and they've erased prayer from schools, the Ten Commandments from schools and public places and trying to erase God's word and the free speech and trying to prevent us from speaking about God, speaking about Jesus in the public square, which is wrong, which is completely opposite of the way this government was set up to begin with. <clears throat> because of that, many of us have uh, lost the true perception of our country and what it really is. So hopefully this helps. The 13 folds. One, the first fold of our flag is a symbol of life. The second fold signifies our belief in eternal life. The third fold is made in honor and tribute of the veteran departing our ranks and who gave a portion of his or her life for the defense of our country to attain peace. The fourth fold exemplifies our weaker nature 
as citizens trusting in God. It is to him we turn for his divine guidance. The fifth fold is an acknowledgement to our country, for in the words of Stephen Decatur, our country, in dealing with other countries, may she always be right, but it is still our country, right or wrong. The sixth fold is for where our heart hearts lie. It is with our heart that we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. <coughs> One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The seventh fold is a tribute to our armed forces, for it is through the armed forces that we protect our country and our flag against all enemies. The eighth fold is a tribute to the one who entered into the valley of the shadow of death, that we might see the light of day, and to honor our mother for whom it flies on Mother's Day. The ninth fold is an honor to womanhood, for it has been through their faith, love, loyalty, and devotion that the character of men and women who have made this country great have been molded. The tenth fold is a tribute to Father, for he, too, has given his sons and daughters for the defense of our country since he or she was first born. The eleventh fold, in the eyes of Hebrew citizens, represents the lower portion of the seal of King David and King Solomon and glorifies in their eyes the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The twelfth fold, in the eyes of a Christian citizen, represents an emblem of eternity and glorifies in their eyes God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The last fold, the thirteenth fold, when the flag is completely folded, the stars are uppermost, reminding us of our national motto, In God We Trust. So there it is. The 13 folds of the American flag and what they represent. And that's why we give honor to the flag is because it represents our inseparable relationship with God. There are evil forces coming in and trying to do everything they can to separate us from God. The devil is trying to mix our DNA and water it down with corrupt seed. He hasn't accomplished exactly what he wanted to do, but he is still pushing. And part of his scheme is to jab everyone he can. And consume everyone with fear. The next pandemic is because of this. The devil wants you in his grasp. He wants to take the souls that God has created in you. Each of us have a soul. Each of us have a purpose. Each of us have a plan. God created you for a reason, for a purpose, and a place. And you have to use your time, talent, and treasure that he gave to a steward 
like yourself to serve him on this earth until he calls you home. There are those that will be faithful and there's those that will be unfaithful and there's those that will turn their back on God and reject and denounce any relationship with God. And that's what the devil wants and that's what he is going for. And But we can't let that happen. So as we are steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, we're going to go into the scripture here, Hebrews chapter 9. And we're going to look at the covenant that God made with us and man, being man, us being men, man, humankind, the kind that the devil doesn't like because we were created in the image of God. And because God thought it us special enough, even when the devil thought because he deceived us that he had taken care of us, but instead God sent his son to sacrifice his life for us. And this goes into a detail about that. And first we'll see the representation We'll see the representation of that, of the covenant. So first there was an original covenant. Verse 1, he says, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first, wherein was the candlestick, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid around about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. And over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle. That's the one with the shoebread and the candlestick accomplishing the service of God. Into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure of, for the time then present, in which we offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. What the writer is saying here, and many think it was Paul, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but it was definitely to the Hebrew people, and it was very clear and articulate, and it, and all of the, the the everything congruent through and our relationship with Jesus about the covenant, covenant, the sacrifices, and in this in chapter nine, we're dealing with the old covenant and the new covenant, the. Old Covenant was through the tabernacle, the physical tabernacle. There, 
church, so to speak. Which had three rooms. That was the first. And then they went through the second veil. And then they had the holiest of holies. There were three levels. There was those. So the congregation the would come to the first. And then the priest would handle their sacrifices from there. And offer sacrifices. The, the After the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, or the holy of holies. It had the golden censer, the Ark of the Covenant, overlaid about with gold, which was the golden pot that had manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of, co of the covenant. So this was where the Ark of the Covenant was, which had, the Ark of the Covenant had, the chair, the angels, which overlooked the seat, the mercy seat, where the sprinkling of blood was. Now, one thing that the writer here made sure that we knew was the order and the procedure of this. Notice that they had to sacrifice, physically make a sacrifice. They had to take animal blood, and this was a sign that Christ would come, that he was going to deliver them from their sins, that he was going to wash them and sanctify them. So this was a forward look, a look ahead, a longing towards. And this is what the people of God did. Now, there was once a year that their sins could be rolled back. This is in verse 7. And he says, but. But in the second went the high priest alone every year but not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. He had to take a blood sacrifice in there one time a year. What this did was rolled back their sins until the next time they committed a sin. And what would happen was that their guilt and sorrow from that, their trespasses would roll back onto their shoulders because it was a physical sacrifice it was a physical blood sacrifice it was something that had to be done it had to be renewed it expired it expired the next year they had to do it once a year the high, but only the high priest could go in there and the way that the high priest would go in to the holy of holies was he would have pomegranates uh, tied to the hem of his robe and he would have a rope tied about one of his ankles and as long as you could hear those gourds and pomegranates rattling on the hymn, you knew he was walking and carrying out his duty in the Holy of Holies. If he had not prayed beforehand and asked God to forgive him and had not sacrificed as he should, when he entered into that Holy of Holies, when he went past that second veil, 
he would have been struck down dead immediately because he was unworthy to be in the presence of God in his face. This is where God dwelled with the Ark of the Covenant. There in the Holy of Holies, the Holy Spirit indwelled that place. And only that place, one place in all the world was there in that tabernacle. The high priest was the only one that could entreat God and only once a year. Think about that for a minute. If you tried, if there was sins you had committed or trespasses and you had guilt and you could go to the the tabernacle and pray and give your sacrifices, incense and offerings. But only one time a year could your sins be rolled back by the high priest. My voice isn't back yet, <clears throat> but only once a year. So you'd have that pain and that guilt and that sorrow with you all year, 364 days of the year, uh, maybe less, depending on how well, how, how many days you went without sinning after you uh, left the tabernacle. But the high priest would go and ask for forgiveness and offer the, the sins sacrifice there in the Holy of Holies. Notice that he says in verse 9, this was a figure for the time present in which he offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect. It never was complete. He had to do it, renew it every year. Uh, it was a, as he said, a figure. It was like a shadow of the real thing. Um, it's the same. It's it, He was copying what God had did, had done in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Remember when God, when they finally, they conf God confronted Adam and Eve. And he made clothes for them out of a sheepskin. That um, sheep was the, the blood sacrifice for Adam and Eve's sin. But it was a representation. Remember he said that this, is, this would one day, the Savior is coming. That shed blood of that innocent, that spotless lamb was a look forward to the time that Christ would come, the Messiah would come and deliver them from their trespasses of sin. God had put man in a perfect place. It's interesting to note that it was a garden that he put him in. Full of food, flowers, shade, cool water to drink. I imagine it was a uh, beautiful place. And yet we disobeyed and we gave into temptation. It was our choice, after all, to obey God who created us.
or obey the devil and his trickery. And instead, we chose the latter. And we forfeited our eternal life. But Christ, as we know, not willing that man should suffer. And he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, yet he took the form of a man and humbled himself. And he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and he sacrificed his life for us. Remember that sheep in the garden was a reflection of what Jesus had to do, but he did it willingly. So as this covenant in the tabernacle was, every year a reminder that the Messiah would come. Now, so keep that in mind. Now the writer here of Hebrews with verse 11. They did this every year, offered sacrifices for the forgiveness of sin, and it rolled it back. It just rolled it back, pushed it back to a later date. But Christ being the goal, he came. Let's see what he says about Christ. We pick up with verse 11. He says, But Christ being come, a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, have obtained eternal redemption for us. And we're going to pick up there with the next podcast. Uh, my voice keeps dropping away. And I want to keep um, uh, mess, <clears throat> excuse me, do any more damage than I already have. So I would appreciate if you would pick up with the next podcast. And we'll pick up here with Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11. Thanks for listening. Um, look for the uh, link in the description for the uh, Constitution Declaration of Independence and the, the Bill of Rights. I have a book there if you want to buy the book with those three important documents all together. Just look in the description. Have a blessed day.